everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. Hello, Horse Industry Podcast listeners. I have a major cool thing. I came up with an acronym. It is TID. Tash. And it's either T-I-D-D-A-S-H or T-I-D-D, wait, T-I-D-D-T-A-S-H. So things I do to afford showing horses or things I don't do to afford showing horses. And so Lynn and I are going to share some, some things that we, and I'm not going to claim any of them as mine. Because we actually, we posed this question to our Horse Industry Podcast VIP group, and we had some fun and amazing and actually pretty smart responses about how people afford. And when we talk about afford, it's not just money, it's time and mental capacity and all of it. So this is not necessarily a an episode about figuring out how to budget or save money to show horses, because we all know that's a, a big challenge. But this is about all those other things that we give up or have to do in other in order to pursue our passions and our dreams. Initially, it was fun because our on our VIP page, mm-hmm. so the Horse, Indi- Horse Industry Podcast VIP page, so just go to the top of the Horse Industry Podcast on our Facebook page and click join group, and then you'll, you'll be a part of the VIP, VIP group. group. And it's fun. We do. No advertising or no. anything like that. Like our VIP group is just really... It's fun interaction, and you get to know a little bit about Gina and I on that Although, page. Although, I wouldn't mind an advertiser or two. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that those would be the things that we do to afford showing horses. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I looked, I did a little bit of research, because you know I'm the queen of research, and there's some random ideas, and there's some things that I wasn't really aware of that people could actually do in life. So the first one is that apparently... You can go out on the internet and just randomly take surveys and get paid to take surveys. Why don't I know about that? I read that in your notes and I'm like, wait, why don't I know about this? So apparently there's these organizations, three that were in this article were Swagbucks, Survey Junkie, and Inbox Dollars. And pretty much what you do is you sign up and you sit on your couch at night and you just take surveys and you get paid you know, 10 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks or whatever. And they send the payment to your PayPal account or Venmo or whatever. I had no idea that was a thing. So we got to check it out. I mean, I'm not sure how far 10 bucks or 40 bucks is going to go in this hobby, but you do it enough and maybe you could get Well, a- I read it was that one lady had earned like $1,000 doing that. Yeah. I mean, like that's all night on your couch. And I mean, like, Sometimes I just can't sleep. I've got insomnia. So maybe I should just do that. When I have insomnia, I pull up the Horse Industry Podcast stats and I stare at them. And I try to (laughs) figure out how many people listen to what particular episode at that particular day or time. So, okay. So that one is one idea is to take surveys to make a few extra bucks. Another one that was recommended was you could start a blog And it doesn't have to be equine related. Now, as the article said, it's not going, the article is actually from a website called 
economical equestrian and they're called equestrian side hustles and there's a number of them equestrian side hustle yeah i like that yeah now there's a number of items in this article but they're the typical ones that we've already talked about like learn how to braid a horse's mane for hunt class or you know groom a horse before groom somebody else's the stuff that but these were the ones that i'm sharing with you are kind of different ones that i hadn't thought of or we hadn't really come across before so starting a blog well, you're not going to make a lot of money blogging right away, but it said that eventually you could. So you could get income from ads, affiliate income, or selling products, et cetera, et cetera. So Gina, what's, what is a blog? Explain a to blog? me what a blog is. That's a good question. And as a professor, we often task our students in different classes with keeping what we call either a journal or a blog. And a journal is kind of like a private document where you record your your thoughts, your ideas, how you connect theory to practice, et cetera, et cetera. Where a blog is more, it's a more like a public journal. So you just share your thoughts on topics and it's available for other people to see. I mean, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money blogging. In fact, when you and I first started talking about starting a podcast, you kept calling it a blog. And I'm like, dude, it's not a blog. We are not blogging. We're podcasting. Okay, so when do we start our blog? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slow learner. You, Oh, my God. I felt like I was beating my head against well. Lynn, do you know what a podcast is? You listen to podcasts, and yet you're still calling it a blog. Not a blog. Sorry. Do- I'm sorry. And now that we're award-winning podcasters... <laughs> I know what a podcast podcast is. is. Yeah. Now, but I'm kind of pissed off that the bloggers are making more money than us. I know. (laughs) Now, okay. Now, this is one of those rare moments where I can laugh at you because how many times in this podcast have you laughed at me? What was that? The cattle that were red and white? (laughs) A Hereford? A Hereford. I didn't know what a Hereford was. Okay. You didn't know the difference between a blog and a podcast. Now you do. Because again, we are award-winning podcasters. Are we social media influencers? I influence myself. (laughs) Because there's some people that are social media influencers. Our friend, Angela Shiree, is a social media influencer. She absolutely is. And she is doing her detailed diva clothing line Mm -hmm. is, oh my gosh, it's so super cool. So we, you have to check out Angela Shiree's detailed diva clothing line. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. I have some cute things that I've bought from from her. So yeah, she's, she is certainly a talent. So you can do a blog. So the first one we said was you could take surveys, which we didn't know you could do. Lay on your couch, take surveys. And actually, I mean, I think that Detail Diva is, I mean, Angela's way of funding Carly Shiree's yeah. horse showing career. For I sure. mean, that's kind of her side gig, yep. side hustle yep. to make to make some extra money. Yep. So I like that. Absolutely. So take the survey, start a blog. The next one is sell on Amazon.com as an FBA seller. I didn't know that was a thing. This article says that it's a thing. What is an FBA? So I guess what it is, is that you set up an account where you are something called an FBA or fulfilled by Amazon. And then you ship your products to Amazon and they handle the selling, shipping and return through Amazon.com. So it says that you can sell anything you'd like, horse tech, clothes, personal care products, toys, et cetera, et cetera. You have to have a printer and you have to have boxes and tape and you ship your your items to Amazon and it takes it's the article says it takes a little bit of work to figure out what sells with an actual profit margin 
and there are actual courses that you can take, but I guess there is this thing called being an FBA seller on amazon.com. So if you're interested in that, look it up. We know nothing about it. I also want to highlight the fact that we do not promote or encourage you to do any of these things because you might fail and fall flat on your face and actually lose money. You've lost my interest because I don't know what that FBA thing I don't, is. I don't I'm not going to do it. So no. sorry, listeners. But somebody else might. So go check it out. I know. And and if you've done that and it's worked for you, let comment. us know. Yeah. yeah. Let us know on the VIP page. Yeah, we have no idea what it is, but apparently you can make money at it. So go you. Yeah. So I, but what I, are we about to get into any of the comments that people no, made? No, almost, yet? almost. I have a couple. Okay. I have a couple more. Okay. okay, another thing that you could do is to one that we have not talked about is to babysit kids at the barn. I would no. I can't. No. Like, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be really super honest okay. here. Before I had children, I didn't like children. Ditto. And then I had children, and then I I liked my children. <laughs> Most days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I, I was not a good babysitter. No. First of all, I didn't have the confidence to be a babysitter. I still to this day have a hard time relating I'm to children. easily distracted. If I'm around horses, I'm easily distracted. Mm-hmm. And that's not safe for children. No, it's not. There are some children that are special to me. And I will not name names because I may not name a child that I should name. So there are certainly children that are special to me, but by and large, I'm not a kid person. I have found that the older that my kids have gotten, the more interesting and enjoyable they are. I mean, they were cute when they were little, but I like them as, oh my God, she almost ate her young. (laughs) Okay. So here's another one is that in order to do the horse showing thing, you could you could also house sit for horse people. And one of the reasons, Lynn, that I left this one in here, this is such an important role. I, and we'll talk later about the fact that as, you know, to afford, to be able to afford showing horses, it's a time issue. And the fact that my family as a whole unit rarely takes a vacation together. Like Chris and Luke will go to Canada and go fishing and Lyle and I will go down to the world shows in Fort Worth or we go, you know, here or there. Rarely does my entire family unit, maybe once a year, I mean, we do our camping trip, but maybe once or maybe twice a year as a as a whole family, do all of us vacate our home and go someplace together. That doesn't involve horses. Right. That doesn't involve horses. And hands down, the biggest stressor and the biggest challenge for me is to find someone who's going to come to my home and house it and take care of my animals. I mean, we have four house dogs. Now, when we go camping, we take one of the dogs, but still, that's three dogs that we love left at home. I've got four horses out in the barn, and these are not horses that are, you know, randomly turned out into a pasture. They all have a specific feed pattern and a feeding schedule, and they're all in their own stalls. And it's a lot to pack up and go away when the whole family leaves. And so, house sitting for horse people. That's a critical. Somebody role. should make that a profession. Like yeah. you could probably stay busy 
360 days a year yeah. if you would be a house sitter. Like, honestly, like there are times where like I would pay a plane ticket to have somebody come and stay at my house that I could count on yes. to keep my animals alive. Yeah. And I don't know what the going rate is, but I will tell you that I, when my oldest daughter got married recently, we, I had, I had to split it. So I had a house sitter that I paid $75 a day to, to take care of my home and my dogs. And then I hired a horse person, not to stop, not to live here, but to come and do my morning and evening chores. And I paid her $75 a day. Now that's 150 bucks a day. And I did pay, it was, it's a hot, that was high, but I also had peace of mind because of the two people that I hired, I knew that I could absolutely 110% count on and it was worth every dollar. It was worth every, every dollar, every day. I, I will stay here for $75 a day you because will? that's what I would do to be able to afford showing horses. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? I came home, the barn was clean, the horses were alive, the tanks were full, everybody was fine. Dogs were good. The house sitter actually vacuumed up the dog hair. I mean, both both people, I know. It's wouldn't that be shocking? I know. It it's worth it. So that's another one is to house sit for horse people. So Lynn mentioned the fact that we posted this on our hip vip. And some of our hip vips were so awesome and they shared some fantastic stories. Some of them privately. Some of them privately. Now on the hip vip, you know, Joan Ames, Melissa Gordon, Casey Huber, Melissa Shaner, Kara Williams, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not gonna tell you whose stories are are who's in here, but they're some of our hip vips that participated and we're really grateful for them. And those of you that message us privately, we won't share your name because we don't want to give away your identity when your story comes through. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the first one is the cash stash. This is brilliant. This is where you go to to the grocery store. And this is the one where you're trying to hide the money from your spouse. Yeah. Ways that you can afford showing horses. I don't know if it's hiding it from your spouse. Maybe it's just being, you know, creative and planning. But yeah, it's hiding it from your spouse. Yeah, you're pocketing cash. You're pocketing cash. So you basically go to a grocery store or any type of retail establishment where you use your debit card. And when they say to you, would you like any cash back? You say, why, yes, I would like $40 back. And so then you take that $40 and you pocket it. And so the charge comes through as being from Walmart or Target. And instead of it being $300 for product, it's $340. And the spouse just thinks that it was $340. Little does the spouse know that that $40 bucks went into a secret place that you set aside when you want to buy the $3,000 showmanship jacket. Excellent. It's an excellent, excellent idea. Now, for me, I don't have to hide money like that because mm. Kevin couldn't find the <laughs> debit card to now. Get- He has, like, no, he can't even see the bank account. I mean, like, this is, but again, everybody understands that Kevin and I, we spent, we both enjoy spending money on horses, so Mm -hmm. we really don't have to hide money from each other. Right. But this is my cute husband. He'll say, which bank account can I use? (laughs) Or he'll say, is there $20 for me to get tobacco? (laughs) (laughs) Or which credit card's going to clear? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've trained him so well. That's excellent. And he gets it. He doesn't complain because frankly, folks, 
he's more expensive when it comes to the horses than me. Yeah. Well, I married a CPA. And so <laughs> I have a little different situation at my house. Okay. The next one is from a HipBit member. She says, my husband is very involved, is a very involved horse husband. He's a trainer. Each year he goes deer hunting. When my daughter was little, we were looking for a walk trot horse for her. I found one while he was hunting. So I sold his horse and bought the walk trot. <laughs> oh my God. I told him about it when he got home. How did that go over? I don't know. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Now, this HipVit member is, she's an amazing stylist. Okay. So she says, besides sewing, I sleep with my farrier. <laughs> Is her farrier her spouse? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. He reminds me now I have eight feet to pay for and the fees have gone up. I try and negotiate with tapioca pudding, but I found the sleeping with him to be a better mutual arrangement. Oh, and I keep the trainer and coach happy with their own bed in the fifth wheel. And it's always stocked with Advil and Crown and special international coffee. <laughs> it's the little things, right? <laughs> okay, so this is from another hip vet. My husband and I went and bought a yearling, and then we went to pick it up. While my husband was talking to the folks, another yearling caught my eye. So when I wrote the check, I asked how much to buy the other yearling too. When we got in the truck, my husband said, in the future, how about we talk about it before you write the check? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. Another hip vet. We sold a horse to a lady. Her husband comes with her to pick it up. The horse was $10,000. As soon as they pull in, she jumps out of the truck and runs to me and hands me a cashier's check for $6,500 and says, do not tell my husband how much the horse is. The husband walks up and hands me a check for $3,500 and says, I can't believe she found a nice horse with the budget I gave her. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. And I can totally, totally see that. Oh happening. my God. The hip hip said, I smiled and said, I can't believe she found a horse for your budget either. <laughs> okay, here's another one. We had a gelding for sale. One of our customers really wanted him. She talked to us, she said if we could wait a few weeks, she could work enough overtime to buy him. She was a nurse. She said, please don't tell my husband. It's a few days later, and then the husband comes out with her. The next day, the husband calls, point blank says, is my wife buying the horse? My husband sampers out, uh, no. I mean, technically, she had not bought the horse, which was true, and because she hadn't paid yet. Well, her husband says, okay, I want to buy the horse as an anniversary gift. Don't tell her. Oh my God. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> so the husband and wife come out a few days later. The husband is trying to sneak and pay my husband while she is trying to sneak and pay me. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I said, okay, just hold on to that. I don't have any pockets. About that time, the husband leads the horse up to her and says, happy anniversary. Oh, oh. I love it. I hit, my eyes are wet. That's, I love that. Oh, my gosh. The stories that horse trainers I and horse... I know who that was. Oh. You can't tell me? Well, I don't know. I should ask permission. Okay. Ask for permission. Okay. Okay, I like well. that one. 
Okay, now here's a dog story. Now, this hit that said we were in Mason at a Michigan Paint Horse Club show, and her daughter was 12. There was a pen full of puppies. One was a black and white Pomeranian. They were, the, she writes that we were on a budget and we didn't need another dog. So we told our daughter that there just wasn't room in the budget to buy a puppy. That's a lie. Everybody needs another Everybody dog. Everybody needs another. I have four house dogs. So this hip vip says, I make tail extensions and I had several for sale with me. So she took every one of them in a wheelbarrow to the puppy lady and said, I will trade you a tail for the puppy. It worked. And that puppy came home and they named it Mason. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. The next one. These are all hip vips. I coach and show at the same shows. It's a lot of running back and forth, but I've gotten good at yelling, sorry, talking nicely at the kids from the back of a horse or braiding at shows helps pay for the entry fees. No need to sleep, right? I would say I sacrifice my social life for horse shows, but my social life is the horse shows. And my personal and sick days also tend to get used up suspiciously always on Thursday afternoons and Fridays. And I think we can all all yeah, relate sure. to that. So this person is brilliant and they actually take their they're like a professional marketer, but they take on the side any type of design or artistic work that they can fit in with their schedule. And they do some marketing on the side for some for specific clients, which is awesome because you can take what you know from your profession and make a little extra cash on the side. And then this hip hip said, I no longer show myself, but I do lessons so my oldest kid can live her best life on the back of the ponies. I sacrifice my time and the money earned so she can show and do lessons. The days are long with two little ones involved in different sports and running a restaurant in the evenings. But hey, what else would I do with my free time? Nothing as important as watching my kids succeed in what they're passionate about. We would spend the money anyway. We might as well spend it on things that keep us close as a family. And mucking, see what I did there, through life 100% together. And that's super cool. So thank you for our awesome hip vip people who shared their stories. Now I'm going to kind of switch it because there's some other hip vip responses about what people don't do to afford horses. And I'm going to start off by saying me, myself, I don't do spa days like a lot of women that I know. A, I don't want anybody touching my body anyway with a massage, but right? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Do you? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to say if we do a survey on like who wants a massage. Yeah. I'm going to guess that there's a high percentage of women that listen to our podcast that, that would, would enjoy a, a massage. massage. I don't want a massage. I don't I don't want a massage. Okay. I just don't want to be touched. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I don't do is that I didn't go to my son's prom. I And I, I have horrible guilt over that. So we were down at Fort Worth at the Paint World show. And Luke, he had the honor of being what they call a host for the prom. So the junior class selected a boy and a girl to serve as host and hostess. And the prom was going on when we were down south showing, and I didn't go. And Luke was fine. I don't, I really don't think Luke cared. I care, but that's something that. When you live this life that, you know, when you talk about what, what do you do to afford showing or what do you not do to afford showing horses? It's not just money, but it's, it's time as well. You know, we celebrate 
birthdays and holidays sometimes a little early or a little late because we're gone over a weekend when a holiday hits. You know, we don't, I don't travel as much. Lynn and I were talking before we started recording that I have some some friends that actually went off on a a trip together. It was a 50th birthday trip and it looked amazing. And I thought, my goodness, I should do more of that. But I can't do more of that right now because we show horses. My 50th birthday was spent at Rudin Riddle on a horse trying to figure out why it was lame. I slept in a hotel room with my mom along a highway and ate at the Cracker Barrel. That's not a very glamorous 50th birthday party, but it's just what you do when you live this life. It's yeah. It, yeah. It's what you do. You you don't do the vacations. Um, that like like I shared earlier, if you do a vacation with the whole family, it's complicated. It's you've got to have the house sitter in the in the barn, and the barn help. So you don't do a lot of vacations. I have not been to Europe. There's a lot of people I know that have been to Europe, but we go to Gordyville. I would much rather go to Gordyville than Europe. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like I still have time to do those things. I feel like I have a window. And I don't want to say that I'm living vicariously through my daughter because I have shown myself and I will continue to show. But I feel like with my kids, you know, Lila is starting her first year in the 14 to 18. She is a, she's a good volleyball player. She's active in high school events. I don't know. I'm not going to be that parent that makes her show when she's when she's done, when she's had enough. And so I feel like there is a clock ticking on our time together in the horse world. And so I I don't I want to make sure that we are able to do all the things that we want to do. And we truly enjoy it with our horse barn family. And so I still feel like even though there are things that I don't do now to afford showing horses, I feel like there's still time to do it later. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like, again, and, and from my perspective, my kids are grown and out of the house. Mm-hmm. And so when they were trying to show horses or, I mean, our kids showed cattle mm-hmm. and pigs. Mm-hmm. And those things are just as expensive as horses. Oh, for sure. Right? And I mean, so, I mean, like the joke around our house is that I'd go to the dollar store and buy generic cereal and, you know, the, the pigs and the <laughs> cattle were eating, you know, the Purina... Right. Most, most, you know, most expensive. Thirty-five dollar a bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, and we're having generic cereal. Or, you don't have cocoa puffs. You had popo cuffs. <laughs> yeah. No, and so and like what was funny too is like back in the day when when Kevin and I had a barn full of youth kids and and we're showing. And now and Yellowstone makes it famous again. And mm-hmm. Regina has not watched Yellowstone yet, but she's going to. But what's sitting? What's sitting in our in our studio? What is sitting here? Season I'm one and it up. two. I just dropped it. Season one and two of yeah. Yellowstone. You're, yeah. Once you start, you're not going to be able to stop. But I don't cover your ears because I don't want to spoil this for you. Okay. But in season four, Hamburger Helper makes an appearance. <laughs> And that's what I mean. Like, we ate a lot of hamburger helper with stop. I hate it when she makes it. With venison, like I mean, like not only did we have hamburger helper, or like we would even resort to like the generic hamburger, like the Meyer helper, (laughs) and have it with venison instead of hamburger. Stop it! This was disgusting. Okay, right. But the things that you do to afford showing horses, yeah. Or I mean, like what we did too. 
we raised Jack Russell Terriers mm-hmm. and I sold, and we talked about that, I think, in one of the first episodes that we did. Like, we sold puppies to be able to afford to show horses. What do they call that? A puppy mill? You're a puppy mill. No, I was not a puppy puppy mill. No, you would want to buy puppies from me because they lived. I did buy a puppy from you. Yes, you did. (laughs) Princess Diana. (laughs) She did. But no, it's so. And I think one of like the biggest jokes in my family with Kevin and I is that we have a we have a financial advisor. I mean, Kevin just retired, and so we needed to figure out what to do with his retirement. Mm-hmm. And so we we go to see our financial advisor and his name is George. And I love George. And he's just a really big nerd when it comes to, <laughs> to money and finances and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, and so, you know, I hide money from my financial advisor. <laughs> Doesn't it defeat I, the purpose? I feel guilty if he knows that we blow money on horses. <laughs> and so he, and he's so good. He's never like scolding or anything like that, but he's like, you know, guys, um, if you buy this truck or trailer, or you do this, then that just means that you're not going to have $14 on this day. Or, like, I mean, he has it all figured down to the penny. And I said, and he's like, you know, Lynn, what, what if something happens to Kevin? And I said, George, I've got it figured out. He's oh. like, you do? Absolutely. I'm going to find a sugar daddy. <laughs> and he said, that's not financial planning. <laughs> I thought it was. Hey, I, makes sense to me. I find a sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> if you find one, let me know where that is. Well, you're not is. ready for one yet. I No. And I'm not either, but <laughs> right, just in right. case. My husband's should be a much plan. younger than your husband. We, we need to have a backup plan. Yeah, that's a backup plan. Yeah. Find, I like yeah. that. Sugar, yeah, daddy. sugar daddy. Okay, write, everybody write that down. Sugar <laughs> daddy. I also, I, had, I was talking to a college student the other day, and I'm like, how do you how do you afford to show horses when you're in college? And she said, you know what? She goes, obviously, it's a money thing, but it's a time thing, too. And she said, I schedule my classes so that I only go to classes like Monday through Thursday. So that I always have Friday where I can travel. And obviously, the academic advisor probably doesn't understand that, but it, it works for her. And she does it so she can still follow her passions. You know, I always... Most college students do that so they can drink beer on Thursday night. Right. So she, this one's actually doing a much healthier approach. I always say that, you know, I gave up my I give up my vacation home. I know so many people, friends, dear friends, family that have cabins or cottages Mine's on wheels. It's a living quartered horse trailer. I mean, that's our vacation home is the, is the horse trailer. You know, also what, what we do to afford showing horses is that we don't sleep in on the weekends. We don't go to community festivals or art shows or there's so many things that so many of our friend, our regular normal human friends do that we don't do. We don't do wine tasting tours. I mean, because if you actually have a weekend where you are not on the road and you could do those things, you need to be home doing laundry or catching up with cleaning or taking care of the stuff in the barn. I mean, what you don't do to afford showing horses time-wise is giving up so many other things that people do every weekend. I don't know what it's like to sleep in. I don't I don't know what it's like to sleep in on the weekend. I can't imagine. Because even if I'm home, I still have horses to feed. And they're letting you know out the bedroom window if you've missed breakfast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I mean, we've talked about this before, though, in other episodes and things like that. But I mean, Kevin and I bought a few loads of sand for our arena. Like, I'm so fortunate, and he is too, trust me, <laughs> that 
we're both happy with sand. Yeah, that's like a big deal. That's yeah. your Christmas present. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, oh, sand. Yeah, oh, we got dirt. We can ride. Yeah, and so we spent a lot of evenings in our barn and riding our horses, so and our kids are home. So I mean, we're really lucky that we can do that. But I mean, I think with with showing horses or with any mm-hmm. expensive hobby, you you find a way to make it work and. It was a lot of fun to see what our listeners do to afford showing horses. Yeah. So ballpark, how much is how much does that sand cost? I truly don't know. I think it was like five or six hundred dollars. Yeah. That, I mean, for a few loads of sand. Yeah. I mean, that's not cheap. Oh. But you have to have it. Yeah. Is it the kind of sand that doesn't make things dusty? No. Oh, so it's you dusty. Do, you have to put. Water on it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, there's a few other things that people give up to show horses. One is sanity <laughs> <laughs> and a clean house. And sometimes those, those go together. I mean, I, Lynn and I both have, we both have lovely homes and mine is usually a disaster. I don't have time to clean up my house. And I don't, you know, and that's, that kind of goes along with the next one, which is what, what do you give up when you show horses other than horse shows and getting to those shows, planning ahead on anything. I cannot, my mom who listens to our podcast will be like, well, Easter is tomorrow. What are your plans? I don't know. I've got eight hours to figure it out. You know, <laughs> you just, you, your life revolves so much around that lifestyle and your horse might be lame or you don't know if there's enough numbers at a show that you're going to go to. I mean, there's so many things that you have to do at the last minute because your life does revolve around that particular event or that travel schedule. One of the other ones is friends. I showed Lynn my my texts. Oh my God. She is the most irresponsible oh. text returner. And she had 126 unanswered text. Like that is unacceptable. Like, okay, so first of all, who are the uh, 100? No. 162. That's got to be, you need to get yourself off those lists. Like that's, it's some not, of those you can block. <laughs> I'm not going to block people. I am a terrible, terrible texter, which makes me a terrible, I'm a, I'm a terrible text responder, which makes me a, a terrible friend. And I know that and I carry guilt over it. But there's only so many hours in the day or cells in my brain that can handle my job, the podcast, Lila riding, basketball, all the other sports, the house, for how I mean, and everybody, and I'm not any busier than anybody else, but I am not capable of communicating via text in a responsible manner. And therefore, I'm sure I have friends who are incredibly disappointed with me. So all of you that have texted me that I have not responded to, I promise you matter to me and I apologize. <laughs> you should. Like, I I just can't. That just shocks me. So I, for, I, I didn't know there's 162 people. Well, I mean, do you respond to your husband? I've got to believe that of the 162, 60 of those are from your husband. No, no, I, I, I respond to my husband because usually we have to, we're organizing our kids' lives. Chris and I don't text each other. We FaceTime all the time. We used to text. Now we FaceTime a lot during the day. Like, Hey, what's up? I've got to do this. Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it's, he, and one of the reasons is that he, he's not a good texter. He's a, he, it takes him 30 minutes to get out a one sentence text. <laughs> And so it's just easier for us to FaceTime. It's just a lot of wonderful people who I communicate with 
that I am a really rotten friend. So I apologize. So I give that up. I mean, that's something that I, it's a time issue. And someday I will text you all back, all 162 of you. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things, and Lynn, this is, this is something that I'm kind of excited to end with. And it's kind of serious, but when you think about things you do to afford showing horses, I I give up negativity. To be able to afford to show horses, you have to give up you have to give up negativity. And it comes from all aspects of our lives from you know, you get to the point where you realize you're not going to win every class and you're not going to win every high point and you're not going to be able to meet everyone's expectations like the 160 people who I've not texted back. And I used to, I used to worry about those types of things, but you just, when you show horses and you live this life and it's so fast paced, if you don't enjoy it, it's just not worth it. It's not worth, it's not worth the time you give up and it's not worth the money. And so the first thing that goes out the window is negativity. And I think you and I in our middle age, right? We're going to say lower middle age. When, when, when are you a middle-aged person? Never. Exactly. Right. So I think you and I in our middle age have really embraced that philosophy that this is it, man. We're going to have a blast. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if our husband sucks at cutting cattle or our daughter trips during her <laughs> showmanship pattern. <laughs> we're going to we're going to enjoy it. And so I think of everything that you have to give up to show horses, the most important to me is negativity. I amen. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.